Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, and if you like to laugh, check out the One Punch Podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch Pod on BT Sport. So welcome back. This is the One Punch Pod here on BT Sport. Me, Brian Lacey, alongside Brad One Punch Pickett. Maybe a career as Bruce Buffer. Well, yeah. We'll do after that. So welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got lots to talk about on the show. Before we do that, before we break down exactly where we've got to go in, it was nice to spend a weekend with uh, you, mate, yeah, out in nice Russia. Ro- nice romantic weekend in Moscow. Yes, yeah, out, nice, out in Russia. That was fun, wasn't it? That was, uh, that we, so we went for a, a walk down the, around the Red Square. There was a lovely Indian yeah, restaurant. Yeah, Indian that, restaurant in the hotel. Yeah. So we set up and had that after the show. With a few jokes going on as well. You got me, didn't you? You're oh. in my, uh, luckily, I had a towel on me when you came and made me jump in, in the in the bathroom oh, with yeah. one of your uh, your standard scares and then you got me back pretty good yeah do you want to explain what happened when uh, when you phoned me at quarter past 12 and your flight was at four o'clock do you want to, do you want to just explain how well, scared you were <laughs> this is a man who enters the cage for me who goes and spars with young lions up at team titan it was quite because we obviously like, during one of the days just can i paint the picture first right? Let's all paint right the picture, paint right? the picture set so, the scene so as it were. we was walking around russia and i was like yes yeah, it's beautiful it went red square Be- beautiful place nice nice weather as well beautiful but i just kind of like looking at it and like all the writing is in russian that's <laughs> funny that isn't it mate yeah, really russian. weird <laughs> how weird is that but, but Do you know what? i went to sweden and guess what the writing was in swedish yeah, but yeah, go swedish on. German letters are the same all oh, right okay i get you so the alphabet like, in germany yeah, is different yeah. so, so like so if i was in japan and you see japanese writing it's different right yeah, yeah. so the same russian writing is different to the english one so you, you can't even like read something that makes sense so i had no clue so i was like in this day and age, if I didn't have my phone on me... But even in Russia, you didn't have a signal, really, did no. you? No. Yeah. I'll be done. I mean, I, I'm in, like... I'll be lost. I'll be... I, I'll literally... There'll be, like, signs. My kid, my like, buddy will be walking around with, have you seen my daddy? Look, I would not... I wouldn't... I didn't think I would be like... I don't think he'd do it for that long, but he'd, he'd probably do it for at least a day or two, I reckon. But yeah, so uh, with, that, with that, that in... Uh, Bear that in mind that I'm like, this is not an easy place to get get around if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we had a four o'clock flight on the on the Sunday sun, night, the Sunday, Sunday evening. Sunday yeah. evening. I woke up like I always do nice and early uh, about, you know, nine o'clock and stuff. You know, uh, I know my wife listens to this. So I, I had a real nice lay in Sarah. <laughs> you know, I had no kids around waking me up. It was beautiful. I was just relishing in the the time, the freedom. I was of, in the uh, essence. No oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, wasn't paying any attention, just playing probably Clash of Clans and flicking between Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, <laughs> the back to Clash of Clans, and just look at some uh, you know five footage, whatever like that. And then I'm like, someone knocks on the door. He goes, "What time is your check out?" And I went, "I don't know. I have no clue." And I'm like, "What time is it now?" And the guy goes. Oh, it's one, one o'clock. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should be checking about now. Then I think, oh, it's one o'clock. My flight's at four. What am I doing? So I give you the call. I'm like, Brian, where are you? No, I'm in the lobby right now. So I'm just like waiting because I'm waiting. I've got my bags there and all set and ready. Because we'd had this talk the night before about what time we'll meet in the lobby and that. And then uh, the phone rang and you were like, hello, mate. Where are you? And I went, I'm in a taxi. <laughs> And I have never in my life heard a fully grown man with as much panic in his voice. I, I instantly started sweating. I'm like, oh my God, I am done. You know, like, I mean, I, mean, I, I can no hear con- it down the phone. Oh, like, you were, oh, mate, mate, what am I oh going to do? Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 I think it was far enough to process that, oh my God, I'm going to kill you, Brian. <laughs> how, how did you not send me a message saying, where are you? And from like that. But then I think to myself, why should you? I'm a fully grown adult. You know, why do you need to rely on another man to get me out of bed? But you hadn't. You, oh, you, it was me and my brother listening to that. I put it on speakerphone as well, and we we, we we were laughing at that for, for a good I, I twenty fla- minutes, I mate. I was flapping. Good twenty minutes. So there we go. That that was our trip to Russia. What a beautiful time we had. But we also got to enjoy some of the MMA action, UFC action that happened uh, this week. So I'll tell you what's on the show this week. We're going to have a little look at UFC Fort Lauderdale. We'll break down some of those fights. We've got two interviews for you to enjoy. We've got the Bear himself, uh, the Scottish phenom, Mr. Paul Craig, and then also UK MMA legend, Mr. 
Mr. Dan Hardy will be joining us. On top of that, we'll break down a quick a quick look at UFC Fight Night 151, just the main event, Ally Quinta versus Cowboy Cerrone. And then we've got a couple of listener questions as well, mate. So you all set? You ready? Um, let's go. So Fire away. I said last week, mate, I predicted this. UFC Fort Lauderdale is the sleeper card. No promo around it. No real buzz. No hype. Yet how they picked Fight of the Night out of that card, that must have been a tough discussion because... There was banger after banger after banger, and it was uh, for, for I just I thought it was a really good night of quality fights. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I didn't catch up on to the fights. Like, obviously, they go back, so I watched some of them Sunday night and and a few this morning, and yeah, I was highly impressed. You know, with the fights, I actually I still haven't caught up on the undercard. Uh, I will watch that, but I watched the main card and like. For me, even some new names that I didn't know much about. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this guy's good. You know, like, yeah, so... Yeah, it's definitely ones to look out for. Yeah, what well matched fights and uh, and also a late replacement that that sort of stole the show at the end, Mister Jack Hermanson taking on Jackare Souza. Now that's a tough fight to step into, isn't it? On short notice to go up against Souza, who'd been promised a title shot, supposed to be fighting Yo Romero, very dangerous fighter, has been in there with the, the likes of Weidman, Gastelum, all these top level. Hermanson said he's only ever lost to the best of the best. So for Hermanson to step in there and do what he did by the end of the fight, four hundred and 60 total strikes he threw to yeah but us. half of those were only in that one round was in, gra- in the ground with bound position and like <laughs> like he said he, he, he got into the fight he believed that he had the best ground and pound in uh, in MMA you know and uh, yeah arguably so after this when you, when you can sit in a, a it, high level um, black belt Jackarai and do that it was very impressive but I would say for me, Jackarai is one of the highest levels of um, grappling within the UFC, but he's he is a top player. You know, he's not really off great off his. Well, he obviously, he's a great guy, but I don't think his forte is actually being on his back. But I was like to say, I was really impressed with the volume that um, Jack and Mason got to put out. There's a few times uh, where Jackarai did hit him, going rock, but it was in the first round we saw Jack and Manson actually catch uh Jackarai made him hurt um Jackarai actually went in for a shot and he went for his straight, straight in arm and guillotine and that looks so tight you yeah know? but obviously with the experience of someone like Jackarai he knew exactly what he'd do turn your back flat to the mat and he, he managed to get out of that but straight away that set like the tone for that fight that and also I thought he was going to fade at some point and and especially being his first five round fight, uh, I believe he won the first round pretty comfortably. Second round, yes, yeah. he won that as well. And it was that third, third round, round mate. Like, oh, yeah, well, oh, this maybe is, he's gone, maybe he's gone because you think this is the next half of yeah. the fight. So if Jackarai wins the third round, he's going to go win the fourth and fifth. Yeah, the sure. Fight. Yeah, it had the as the momentum change, and it hundred percent did in that third round. And I was like, oh, but it was kind of like you feel like he took a round off. Because then in the fourth round, he looked fresh as a daisy, straight back to the game plan. And he was on, what I found was really impressive. It, it was his slot, shot selection. It's yeah. really good. It wasn't just like, well, I, I think Jack always throwing power shots too much, singles, where it was a volume and just tick, 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 yeah. tick. And he started getting his range in with uh, a good uppercut. And yet again, I think he heard Jack Ryan towards the end of maybe the fifth round or something like that. But yeah, I was. Super impressed by uh, Hermanson. And you got to look at the stats as far as super impressive. 460 total strikes, three takedowns against Souza, who hadn't been taken. That's the second time he's ever been taken down in the last 13 fights. Because you but, don't want to take someone down. No, that no, good. no I yeah. get that, but, but it, it, people that had attempted yeah. for only one, but only Chris Weidman had taken Souza okay. down once in that, and he only took him down once. Hermanson managed three takedowns. On top of that, he showed us some good striking. He, he's sort of. Um, that he's used exactly what this is, this opportunity it's to make the most. He was fearless. I yeah. mean, he had nothing to lose. I can't, I can't, in fighters, there's a lot, always skills won. But sometimes it's that little bit of swagger, a little bit of uh, confidence, self-belief yeah. that some fighters develop through winning. And, like, obviously, he was going on the free fight winning streak, great submission win versus uh, David Three Branch. Branch yeah. You know, so, like, he was on a high, and, like, he's just come off high. It was a first-round finish. He's full of confidence, and when you're full of confidence, you know that you know you could do that. I'm not saying that Jackarai took him lightly, but obviously Jackarai is the guy with the target on his back. Hermanson's that guy looking up at that, and uh, 
I was really impressed with Jack Manson. Uh, and in this division as well, the middleweight division needs new names as well, doesn't it? Yeah. You, th- you think, look at the it's top in the mix, it's all the general. same. It's just, it's just the, the general monster that we have of MMA. New guys are going to, you know, where's Israel Adesanya? Where was he a couple of, even a year ago? Yeah, where year was ago. he? Yeah, you yeah. don't even know who he was. But now he's, that's just what this sport's all about. It's that churning machine that's going to bring in new talent all the time. Uh, and he took this on short notes and he made a point of saying this in his post fight interview. He said, Look, I've done the UFC a favor. I've saved the show. Now I want a reward. I he want, want I want the person yeah. who's going to get me. Yeah, headline Copenhagen. And I want the person who's going to uh, get me closer to that title shot. Yeah. And the, you, I love the phrase, the way he talked about, I'm obsessed with that title. Does the UFC owe him in that respect? And and surely with somebody from that region, he's just made it a very easy main event or part of a main event for, for, oh, for Copenhagen. Yeah. Obviously, as a matchmaker, if you phone someone up and say, I oh, look, Someone's just pulled out. Can you do me a favor and fight? You say yes yeah, straight away. You're just getting brownie points, you know, because like you, you actually are helping them out, you know. And then also to go on to do a, a performance like I'm not saying the UFC owe him anything, but they're definitely going to lean in his way. Where other fighters out there, like say someone like uh, Tyron Woodley, who kind of like always kind of whines about the UFC at times like that. Yeah. You're not gonna go as far for him and do as much things for him. But someone like 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 you say like Hermanson has done them a fake course, you know. And I, I I believe that you know if he wants to go back, if they're going back, I think they're going back to Copenhagen yeah. later in the October, year. October, I think. Yeah, if they are, it makes sense for not just for him but for, for the organization, you know, just for, for someone uh, in that region, you know. Uh, he, he, I think he's Swedish, but he trains in Nor- in Norway. For, I think for, it's, like, I, mean, I, th- Norway. I think that's the right way. Or it might be the other way, but I'm not. But yeah, he, he has the two flags with it as yeah. his banner. So uh, yeah, I think he's he is Swedish and he trains in Norway. Okay, and uh, and as for, just mentioning that for European MMA, it's great to have somebody in that mix again. Another another uh, uh, European fighter that's close to a to a title. Yes. Shot. Uh, then let's look at the the fight under that. Somehow this is co-main event. So Greg Hardy. The heavyweight who was in his came through the contender series controversy about uh, and I'll I'll wrap this in alleged even though there is stuff around it um, domestic violence uh, charges first fight in the in the actual UFC and on the UFC card uh, gases he even said yeah I gassed in the bit where they Vaseline me up I was out of breath before I even got in the cage then that enter that fight in there at disqualification somehow gets the the co-main event which is a bit crazy to think about and then what's even crazier is the fact that he fought somebody who didn't want to be there <laughs> dimitri uh what's yeah, this uh, solomonov uh, there isn't me gonna be massacre someone's name but it's dimitri smolanakov small there okay, you go yeah, there you, you go i'm used to, i'm used to the russian names mate and also what i will be posting later on if you want to enjoy this is brad's attempt at practicing some russian <laughs> Don't, don't, <laughs> but that was just a weird fight, wasn't it? Yeah, he got a victory, it, and um, listen, we, 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 everybody seems to be mentioning the, the history with the alleged domestic abuse, all this sort of yeah. stuff. But I, I'm, for me, a redemption story is great, and martial arts is about that. But, but do you want to be honest on my vote yeah. with this? I don't know too much about the background. I'm just looking at him as he is now. Okay, you know what I mean, so yeah, which probably what as what he would want to do is trying to when he attracts new fans just. Control what what's in the future. Yeah, yeah. what I am. Yeah, well, the past is the past. You know, exactly, like, you can't yeah. never change it. Obviously, you have to want to try and move forward, which he's trying to do. You know. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in my eyes, he did not have an opponent worthy to be in there. Not as a co-main it, event. No, it's a crazy no, co-main. Even to be in the, uh, I believe uh, Dimitri when I look at his record, he fought in the UFC twice before, lost twice, went, went away, away, won a few fights. Now he came back, throw a punch, mate. You know, yeah. like he didn't look like he wanted to fight. Yes, these two have been training partners before, uh, so I don't know if like some like gym beatings have gone down anywhere or was scared or something like that. But it was just he just got to like go out on your shield or something. Yeah, he, he, he just cowered away from the fight when he went to the floor. Nothing really significant, really looked like he was hitting. He just didn't fight back. So I think I heard a little bit from Dana White. He wasn't. He ain't gonna be happy. You know. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah, so 
Let's move on. <laughs> so let's move on to what was given the fight of the night. Uh, let's see. Um, Mike Perry versus the second cowboy he's faced, Cowboy Oliveira. What a fight. Crazy. What a fight. Crazy. Listen, put them fights. on every UFC yeah. card yeah, for, forever until yeah. the UFC is done. Uh, we're Platinum Perry. He's one of those guys. Yeah, again, like, he's just fun. You know, like... Just, box he, office. This is what yeah, I say. Yeah, it's yeah, box yeah. office because his contract. You love him. He's Marmite. You love him yeah. while you hate him. But he's one of those characters. If you're playing the UFC game, you go. I'm going to give Mike Perry a go and yeah, try, yeah. try and bash up no, John Jones he, or something. It's just but, fun. I was like two fighters. You just see how some fighters go in there, so like pumped up, staring at opponents and all that stuff. That there's one later on we'll talk about in a minute. But, yeah. but but in this one, you saw them. That little dance off. Well, this yeah, that, how cool was that? It's brilliant. What a moment yeah. is that? And, and like Cowboy Oliveira's got some hips on yeah. him, and uh, I think Mike Perry needs a few dancing lessons. But no, he's got no, the well, crowd I was, I was going, actually mate. impressed. He actually <laughs> thought it was pretty good. Some of his moves, you know. Don't know what standards you're setting, but for a fighter, you know, I thought it wasn't bad. Uh, and and with regards to the fight as well, I mean, both have got exciting styles. Cowboy yeah. Oliveira seemed to have the strength of them to start with, and it threw felt, him around a little bit. Threw yeah. him around, yeah, 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 that's it. And then, um, uh, and Cowboy had made this statement before because he he's got the name Cowboy. He actually bull rides and does all that stuff uh, and he said he's facing the bull he knows that but he actually switched a little bit I felt that Mike, Mike Perry became the matador and uh, and Cowboy was chasing it and back and forth in that first round both caused each other damage uh, Mike Perry with the, the cut under his eye very early on but just excitement from yeah, start to Cow finish Cowboy started off very, very strong uh, you know, uh, and then he he faded a little bit you know yeah I, I just love I kind of like watching Perry fight the way, way he just he makes it a fight. He, he, There's yeah, no way it's, it's just, not going to be a banger. Just, That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this is this potentially is my favourite bit of cornering I have ever seen in the okay. UFC. Is this was after the second round? So Cowboy Oliveira threw a kick. Mike Perry checked it. Yeah. Cowboy dislocated his toe. Now, as soon as they got back, he could see he was in pain. You could see the toe pointing straight up. I wouldn't say pain. I, it was more like what was going on with my toe. You feel something like that. My toe feels weird. Yeah, yeah. So the, the toe's pointing straight up now. If they came in and the doctor had did anything to do with that, so I've seen it before as yeah. dislocated, and if the fighter pops it back and you can carry on, but if a doctor comes in and, and checks it or adjusts it, the fight stops because the doctor's intervened, all yeah. right? So what the corner did was sitting down, not just sitting down, they shielded, they saw the problem, they hid it, even the camera was struggling to get an angle, and he just put it down, popped it straight back in, and then just carried on talking. Yeah. And I thought that was quality cornering. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, a dislocation... It doesn't really, I'll say, like, I wouldn't say it hurts as such, especially when you're in a fight when your adrenaline is pumping. You know, you don't feel a lot of injuries. Like, I will always say this, like, you feel it the next day. The same with that. It's like, he, I mean, when you said he was hurt, he wasn't hurt. He, he could feel the weirdness of his toe hanging out to the side. And it was like, oh, that's weird. So you feel that, but it wouldn't say it hurt. The adrenaline just, yeah, pop it back in. And yeah, I'm having a Get fight. on with it. Yeah, yeah, get on with it, you know. Now, my other my other two toe injuries that I want to reminisce on a little bit, John Jones, yeah, uh, that's Dominic the, that's Cruz the one, one I know the most. That, so John Jones was against Chelsea and he was on the ground pushing with his feet and he actually tore too his... Too much grip. Too much grip and tore his big toe. So that's when yeah. he was being talking to Joe Rogan. They looked down and realised that he'd torn, basically nearly torn his toe off. The other one, which I, I also remember Uriah Hall do you remember his fight where he compound fractured his toe do you remember that no uh, let's no. Uh, Uriah Hall and this, well, so, the, so was uh, um, John, John Jones was compound yeah jo John Jones was compound but this one Uriah Hall they uh, compound fractured I think they managed to cover it so they popped the bone back in but you could see uh, and he carried I think he fought one or maybe even two rounds with that and still won the fight but those are two horrific toe injuries for Oliveira to join. So there's the top three toe injuries in the UFC, mate. Nice. There you go. Nice. Um, fight of the night definitely deserved that. Yeah, agree. 100%. Yeah. Um, Mike Perry then calls out Darren Till. Got to make that makes fight. Makes sense. Make yeah, that fight. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. Because they they had a little bit of beef in Poland. Do you yeah. remember that when Darren yeah. Till fought? Jumped on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do you also remember they've actually sparred together? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah Go I, on, I tell them. Really tell them. Tell them what happened. When, uh, when, <laughs> what was it? It was like, Perry said to him, hey, do you, do you fancy a spa? Uh, and Darren Till thought, you meant we're going to go get a massage. Massage, <laughs> steam room, sauna, <laughs> relax. Yeah. So if you, you know, if people don't know what we'll be talking about, go on, go on to YouTube. It's on YouTube. 100% yeah. it'll be in there. It's one of the funniest. Yeah, when when you saw that, the penny dropped where he goes, oh, you want a spa? Spa. You know, yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let me go get some gloves or something. But this is the thing when you say go get some gloves. So they went to spa. And do you know this, this bit of detail about it as well? So, Mike Perry had MMA gloves. Yeah. Darren Till had boxing gloves. Yeah. 
And so they had one each. They had one each. Oh, that, I didn't know that. They had one, one each. So they went, well, I've forgotten his name. Arts Jiminy. There you go. The, the yeah. UFC fighter, the, 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 the UFC one who fought with a boxing glove. So they had one boxing glove and they had one MMA glove. They didn't even have a gum shield, I don't think. And then they banged it out for 20 minutes. In, in a, I would love to watch that. That's box yeah. office, isn't it? 100%. Pay-per-view. So that was that superb performance there. Uh, you're talking about um, people being aggressive. So we had the dancing in, in uh, the prep and... Uh, a war that followed that. Uh, a lot of respect between the two. And then we had uh, Ewan Kutalaba uh, taking on Glover Teixeira. Now, Ewan Kutalaba, at the weigh-ins, usually covers himself in green. The Hulk, that's his nickname. Intimidating beast of a man from Moldova. Um, this time, stepped onto the scales, tore up a, a picture of Glover Teixeira. And then, as he was being announced by Bruce Buffer, marched across the cage with the cutthroat sign in Teixeira's face. And you didn't, you didn't like that, did you? Yeah, man. there's a showmanship, but there's yeah. respect as well, yeah, right? There was zero lack of respect. And we always gone about the sport, how fighters respect each other and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, mate, I just it really, really got on the wrong side of me that did. I was like <laughs> so pleased that like, the old school Glover because like when I look at the fight before, it, it, on paper it looks really good. Both got really good uh, boxing. Glover's got crazy good boxing. And, and and within the fight as well, he, he started off. You see that Glover was really worried about about, about the power. The power. Yeah. It, then he was trying. To, he was trying to go for a few takedowns. You can see it. And, and Kutalab was doing so good with stuffing the takedowns. And I'm thinking, oh my god, now where's Glover going to go from here? Because like the power on the feet can't get him down. And you just saw, oh my god, this might go just one way. And then saw the experience of Glover like. Nah, okay, sorry, I, I can't get you down. Let me just bite down on my mouthpiece a bit. And he threw some shots. Yeah. And he actually put uh, Kutalaba on the back foot a little bit. It's like, you can't buy experience. Yeah. And uh, Glover, the, I don't know how many fights he's had in it, probably nearly 40 fights. Yeah, like, that, for me, that that's experience for you. Learning when it's just weather, a bit of storm, this young guy's trying to knock you out. Then he didn't get the takedown. This is the best bit. So he didn't get one of his takedowns. But I just fell over. I think, <laughs> I, was it for a kick and slipped? Now, uh, that's, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but basically he just fell. But Guffer almost pushed him and he fell onto his back. And like, and then but the thing is, he fell down and he kind of just laid down and it was like a split second. And Glover's like, oh, oh. Doors got, open. I'm door, going in. To, and then literally, what I would probably say out of all this, the most surprising thing for me was how little ground Kutalab had. At this level of fighting, yeah, because he had good, great striking, yeah, great good takedown de- defense, defense, yeah. But when you're on the floor, mate, I mean, what's going? What are you doing? Is yeah. it, there was zero attempts to, a, yeah, to replace regain. his yeah. guard. That it, it literally was, it was like literally as if it was like a novice on on the floor, you know. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and then obviously with uh, uh, Glover winning that fight, I, obviously I'm like, yeah. My rear naked toe yeah, turned yeah. him over and got the tap quick yeah. as well. So that was yeah. I was I was chuffed with that one. Um, Lineker, we'll only have a quick word about this because we got we got some uh, interviews to to get on with. But John Lineker versus Corey Sandhagen. Didn't know much about Corey Sandhagen, but I tell no. you what, I am tuning into every one yeah. of his fights. What oh, and I, this is what I I could tell. Dominic Cruz was really impressed with him. Yeah. Really impressed. Now it was a close fight, split decision. I think it went the right way in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you could tell Cruz was impressed with him, not just with what he was doing during the uh, when they were engaging but it was the bits in between it was the movement it was the feints it was the different looks he showed in each round and that that for me says that is a fighter that that can go a long way in that especially in that bantamweight division De- definitely isn't he it's what i call fighting iq he, he had a lot weight a lot more tools to that fight you know like gave gave link a lot of different looks. Lineker has one look and oh my god that look is oh, so dangerous body body so head Boom. oh my god yeah and you got always got to respect that one look but that's what he's got, you know. If you have an answer to that, which uh, uh, um, Curry had, you know, it was, it was beautiful to watch. You know, like this the movement, I, and uh, I actually gave him all the rounds. I think I think the first round was a lot closer, but I actually think I gave him all the rounds just for the output. And and he wasn't trying to knock him out. He he was, and it's very rarely do I ever really appreciate the guy on the back foot. Yeah. You know, I normally always appreciate the guy going forward, especially someone like Linick. I love that sort so of style. So exciting. But yeah, I, was, I, mean, I was really impressed by, by, by Corey. And do you know what I was impressed with at the end? When he got rocked pretty hard a little yeah. bit, got put into a guillotine from hell. <laughs> 
blood hey, coming out of yeah, his nose yeah, as he, he squeezed. Squeezed, squeezed oh. so hard. You saw oh. the blood spur out of his nose. Stop yeah. it, I'm going to have a lie yeah. down. Yeah, oh. but then he, he, he survived that, yeah. And, like, you see stars be born, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that was that, it. That, and that's when I first, first saw it. And, and you, like you said, going back to what you said, um, I saw a lot of, you see influences, you know, and, and you see a lot of influence in these style is like the Dominic Cruz, that's all. He switched stars a little lot, little fake group right here, where he got a few good, good takedowns yeah. uh, and stuff like that as well. And uh, yeah, you know, I was very impressed with him. Very impressed indeed. So John Lineker almost got the last minute finish there against uh, Corey Sanhagen. Let's talk to a man who is the king of last minute finishes. So we have got uh, an exciting interview. Great to be speaking to Mr. Paul Craig. So here we are. Great to be joined by the bedroom himself, Mr. Paul Craig. Welcome, mate. How are you? I'm good. It feels like just yesterday we were in each other's arms. Two staring in each other's eyes like long lost, <laughs> long, long lost lovers. <laughs> should, I, should I leave you? Should, do you want me to leave the room? Yeah, right? go on, brother. If you could leave a while. This, this, usually we do this call a little bit later, but that's, that's fine. Look. I thought this was a private call. Well, yeah, I always put you on speakerphone, mate. I've got to get value for money out of this. Uh, so, look, we were out in Russia for a little while. You were out there with Mark Corey, Mark Godby for, for his fight. Now, uh, what was your first taste of Russia like? Beautiful place. What's the deal with nobody liking a moustache? <laughs> no moustache. That's, that's the southern Russian look, the Dagestan Chechen look. They, uh... you know, it was a really cool place. Um, thanks for tremendous as well. You obviously get the best seat in the house. Best seat in the house, mate. Best seat in the house. And uh, so after after the after the fights, you you went to a, to a bar. Do you want to tell us what the name of of the bar was? The Meat Puppet. <laughs> the Meat Puppet. Right now, I let anyone draw their own conclusions as to where the Scottish Hit Squad like to spend their uh, their evenings after a fight. But the the Meat Puppet. That's a strange name for a bar, <laughs> mate. Des- describe it to us. Describe the ambiance for us. Um. And that's move fighting now. Uh, you've, your last performance against, uh, I'm going to try and say his name, Kennedy Zechukwu. Uh, another finish right at the end of the, the fight. Then you've got this one, and this is the one you told me you can d- dine out for the rest of your life on, the Magomed Ankalaev, the, the last second submission going there. Now, this has got to be the most annoying question. Why don't you just do it a bit earlier, mate? That is the question. Everybody says, like, and my mum and dad are the same. Why didn't you do that in the first place? And I'm like, do you know think I was trying that? Do you think I really want to get, get beat up for 15 minutes and just kind of pull out the holy submission? Is that one of those like, fooled you? You know, like, yeah. you thought I was going to get beat, but now I got you this time. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I almost had me there, but I just caught you. But um, it's the style of fighting that I do. I'm constantly active, so I'm like, I'm not going for smashings and I'm, I'm I'm flying shots, so it takes a lot of your energy out of you. And then, um, what I hope it does to my opponent is does the same. And then when they make a mistake at the end, it, I capitalise on it because I've, I've still got a bit in the gas tank for the old triangles. Yeah, I would say I'm like really crazily impressed by by, by like what I'd say is like your strength of character, like to like say when you are getting beat to stay tune onto your technique and your path to, uh, to finish you know sometimes like it always says so way harder to win a fight when you're losing a fight than it is when you're winning a fight a fight it's good yeah. to, to turn things around shows a lot of strength and character you know so uh, i'll give you a lot of credit for that yeah you can't teach heart that's like no. you've, you've, you've fought yourself you've seen guys come in your gym when somebody's get heart they can go all day man it doesn't matter yeah. how, how much you're bleaching the tape uh, absolutely, and this guy Alonzo Menfield, who's your next fight? Do you know much about him? What's your your take on him? Now you've now you've signed to fight him. He came from the contender series, as my last three opponents have, and it's a very very good program to get guys who are on the edge in the world of UFC. He's very athletic, but you know my plan is going to be my plan is going to be a Russian take him down and uh, submit him. The joy about the grappling is that it opens up the, my striking because he's so worried about this takedown. And that was the same with Kennedy. Kennedy started worrying about these takedowns and then wasn't flinging. And I think it's going to be the exact same thing. Very powerful. As he is powerful as Khalil Roundtree, I don't think so. As he is skilled as Jim Crute, I don't think so. So I think it's a, it's a very, very favourable fight and that's why we accepted it. Because we were just coming off that win. We planned on getting back out in October time and the UFC came and offered us this fight. We're like, yes, we'll take that. Thanks, sure. 
That's superb. It's superb to see you so active as well. And you said one of the things you've changed, uh, and there's a trap that fighters can fall into when they sign, sign for the the big show for the UFC. They start looking at changing things because they feel they almost have to if they're going to go uh, and perform on this big stage. But you you did that for a bit, and then you've stepped back to go back to your roots. Is that right? Yep. We had um, um, I'd went from a full time school teacher to being a part school teacher to being a full time fighter. And I just had all this spare time in my hands, and you're like, oh, I must have to train because I've got this time. And it's not the way we should have done it. And what was happening was I wasn't able to push hard enough in training sessions because I was constantly fatigued. So I was never ever peaking. And it was the same for lifting weights or going runs. I wasn't going my 100%. And we changed that. So I had my first fight in the UFC, and then my second fight, I changed everything up, and it, it wasn't the right formula. Changed it back to what it was because a lot of people have done that, as you say. I got to the UFC with grappling. That's what got me. I'm a, I'm a jiu-jitsu fighter fighting MMA. Um, so went back to our basics and then started improving in our conditioning to complement that. Working with the guys at the UFC PI is absolutely tremendous. Both are a great coach. Uh, improving nutrition as well. All the guys in here are brilliant. It's just adding wee strength to your body, making that wee bit better. It's uh, it's so impressive as well, and the fact that you, like you said, you are a jiu-jitsu fighter that now fights MMA. Just the, the style in which you, you took on Kennedy in particular, uh, and the finish that was stunning. The fact that you went for the same setup twice and caught him on the second time for for the actual finish uh, really shows the level of of your ground game. And also, what what I think it will be doing as well, especially with you as as a high profile Scottish fighter, you're going to be now a role model and inspiring young fighters in Scotland. And have you felt a difference since you've been? Uh, part of the UFC in 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 the I mean the, in the um, I suppose the interest and also the the, the level of uh, of Scottish fighters coming up and through the gyms now. Yeah, when I when I first started MMA, it was probably about eight years ago, and there wasn't a lot of gyms there. There wasn't a lot of guys fighting in the UK and the UFC at that high level. There was a handful of guys who are now legends. Now you've seen more British fighters coming through. You've seen more Scottish fighters coming through. Young guys coming in the gym, and I don't think it's I don't think it's me personally. I think it's just the sports development. You've got guys like Conor McGregor, who for a long time there was a positive role model, and young guys wanted to be him. Young guys wanted to live that lifestyle, and then you now you've like you've always had Michael Bisping, and now people are talking about him like within the school setting because not a lot of people were speaking about it until guys like Conor McGregor opened up the door and then now they start looking at these British fighters you get Dan Till making massive waves in the um, the British scene as well so it's an exciting time and, and it's still very early days for UK MMA when you look at the Americans and how many Americans have got coming in and out of the UFC we need the same for the UK uh, absolutely and it's an exciting time to be a, a Paul Craig fan as well because uh, as, I'm going to be honest it's quite hard being a Paul Craig fan my, my blood pressure flies up and down during the fights but uh, my little grey patch has grown during, during your fights but what, what is great to see is that you seem to just be enjoying it and loving it there's a relaxed demeanour about it it feels like you're almost you see some fighters crumble under a little bit of pressure of being in the UFC but you, you, you seem to have shaken that off and you just seem to be enjoying the journey how long, however long it goes on for right? Yeah, that's it that's it um, for me, it's not about how much money I can make. It's about how how much I can experience. And for instance, like I would never have been going to Russia at the weekend there with we Mark. I would never be going to Minneapolis. I'd be never fighting uh, Philly. I'd never go to places like Australia. I was just a normal guy from Scotland where they don't get the opportunities to do this. That's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting to leave the UFC with memories. A lot of people ask me, like they say, what's next after the UFC? I don't think it's anything next after UFC. It's UFC or nothing, I think. Wow, that's that's interesting. So that makes this journey even harder to watch now with you and your fights. I'll be biting my fingernails even further down. But look, we've got we've held, obviously I know you got to train tonight as well. So we, we you got to get to get to the gym. But I just want to say first of all, hanging out with you this weekend, just seeing you again because we we met uh, on the uh, the UK scene and it was I was always grateful for the time you gave me and you certainly helped me as somebody who was getting into media and now into commentary as uh, as part of the sport. So I. Thank you for that, and uh, I hope we have a few more outings and a few more trips around the world before we're said and done, mate. We will. We're, we're, we're 
still young. We're still young guys. Well, one one of us is young, mate. One of us is young. The other one is fading fast, and it's the one that's in London right now. There you go. Uh, so look, I'll go. On, I'll let you go, mate. But thank you ever so much. Yeah, uh, big so big much love to the Scottish Heat squad, and uh, and do, best mate. of luck for your uh, your next fight, mate. Appreciate you coming on, mate. Really. Have a, have a good one, mate. Hey, take care, boss. So that was Paul Craig. Great to hang out with him a little bit out there in Russia. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, the story of him going, going out to that place, I didn't think I want to go there. No, no mate, I, I kept it nice and simple. Just took you out for a nice romantic meal. That yeah, was, I, that was I preferred our Indian. There yeah. you go. So look, uh, speaking of romance, let's uh, let's get one of, one of the people I love in UK MMA, in, in forget UK MMA, in the world of, of MMA, uh, we're going to talk to the very exciting, the wonderful Mr. Dan Hardy. So here we are. Let's welcome the one, the only, the outlaw, Mr. Dan Hardy to the podcast. Thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? We're, we're very well. In fact, as, as an MMA fan, to be now in a, uh, a Dream UK MMA threesome with Brad Pickett and Dan Hardy, I feel like a, a very lucky man. And I feel that might have been the creepiest intro to any interview you've ever had. Is that right? <laughs> But I was just about to say, you're not really my type, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am, Dan. I, I am your type. Oh, right? you are, mate. Yeah, right. of course. Whoa, yeah. guys, well, listen. That defense that you've got, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you've you've just recorded your podcast. Now, I don't know. We've just been doing our, our mic checks. I don't know if you, on your podcast, you uh, uh, you do what me and Brad do. We've just been singing El- Elton John and Kiki D to each other. Is that is that something familiar with? Is that, is that a standard sound check? Yeah, absolutely. Usually Owen, he, he's the one that normally starts singing, um, and then, then we we sing along into the mics as, as the raptors do the checks and stuff. Yeah, we we just finished recording now. Is it, uh, I, I think we're thinking it's a bit more nonsense than swearing on on ours than yours. <laughs> there's, there's a few there. The person who produces us has to edit out a lot of nonsense and quite a few swear words as well, mate. So, but look, let's we need to put this on the table. Let's get the elephant out in the room, out of the room to start with, because podcast to podcast, we've already been challenged by one podcast to a grappling match, and then the other week I noticed that uh, our, our sort of hook is Brad's got his dog with him, and then the other week I see you with with a dog on your lap, as if you, you can just do that, you can just steal our thing. Well, we, we actually raised it. We, we've got two dogs, so we, we actually raised it, and, uh, <laughs> and we, we thought uh, we, we, we could do this one better than these. Guys. Listen, we've got a grapple. So we, we just think definitely going to raise the popularity of the podcast having a, having a dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've we've got we've got Bonnie here, which is which is Brad. So what what's the name of your dogs? Uh, we've got Ben, who's Owen's dog, and then my dog is called Ia. Ia, Ben, and Ia. Yeah, they're, they're bestest friends and they're, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, he's mate. very threatened by her. Oh, my goodness. Well, look, this is this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have a grappling contest with this other podcast, and I think we'll do a dog agility test between Bonnie taking on Ben and Ia. How about that? Uh, Bonnie... Oh, dude, my, my dog's takedown offense is almost as good as Brad's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, also, I'll be honest with you. My, my dog is the most friendliest dog in the world to humans. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the other dog, she's actually she's a little bit vicious. She's got temper on her. Oh, wowzers. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll we'll, t- we'll strike that off the thing, mate. Let, let's wave the white flag. Let's all be friends here. And uh, I, I've got to ask, mate. Look, have you? I know you t- you're into your, your your spiritual stuff and all that that thing. I don't know if aliens have come down and cloned you somehow because you've got a podcast. You do the open mat for BT Sports straight after the UFC. You do the commentary. Uh, you've got your own gym opening. What? How many Dan Hardys actually exist? Because I'm struggling to to find a human being that can match your work rate. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I sleep for about three hours a night, and I've just got a really good team of people around me that uh, that help help me do a lot of it. Um, but you, you know, you know what it's like. Once you get hooked into this sport, it just kind of sweeps you along, and uh, I, I'm kind of grabbing people along the way and uh, bringing them along. And I've actually just booked Vegas for the four of us. We're heading out for <laughs> International Fight Week. Nice. Be awesome. Oh, mate, we might have to jump on that as well. Did you, did you say four of you or did you say six? Six. Is there, is there an extra two? <laughs> you just broke up there a little bit, mate. I, you... I've, I've, I've already got a seven-seater van. You won't fit in my in my Dodge Challenger, but uh, you can certainly jump in the van with the Raptors. <laughs> nice, nice. Because one, one person that I know you know out in Vegas is Frank Mir, and when you're talking about cars, you two have got a bit of a car thing going on, haven't you? Yeah, we did, although I, 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 he's got a beautiful Camaro. I think it's a 1968 Camaro. It's red with white stripes. Yeah. It's an absolute monster. Um, I, I used to have a, well, I had a Chevy Nova first, and then the, the one that I did a photo shoot with Frank was a 1969 Pontiac. Um, I, I'll have to throw up a photo on my Instagram in a little while so you can see it. Yeah. But that, it was beautiful. Yeah, we took him out to the desert to do a photo shoot for Zion. 
all suited up like gangsters and uh, <laughs> with, these, with these old American muscle cars. It was very, very cool. No, he spoke to me about that. He said it was it was a, a great day and uh, yeah, speaks very highly of you as well, mate. So uh, so let, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about exactly what, what what you do now because you've you've moved your transition from fighting to what what you do now for me especially somebody who commentates as well i can't speak highly enough for the angles the 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 way you have taken to this because for me your analysis and the way you break down fights before the fight and then while it's happening the live action uh, i mean how's that transition been and what is what's it like now sitting on the outside of the cage staring in there when i can see with brad when he's commentating with me there's still got to be that itch when you're thinking that's where I was and this is where I am. What's, what's that whole transition been like? Um, it, it's, it's been kind of unexpected, to be honest. I mean, it was not in my mind when I was fighting that I was going to move into commentary. I figured I would do something, but probably, you know, probably coaching or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but it, I, I don't know what Dana... Dana was the one that came to me and said, hey, I want you to do this. He didn't want me to do any kind of media training or anything. So I just, I just threw myself at it like I would a, a training camp. And uh, I've been studying. I've been studying the, the sport every day, like a student, as opposed to like a fighter. And I just feel like I've learned so much quicker than I, than I was when I was fighting. Because I was I was very selective when I was fighting. Whereas now I watch everything. Um, I mean, I, I pretty much consume everything on Fight Pass that, that they put up. Um, and obviously, and when we're breaking down fights for Inside the Octagon, it's you know I'm, I'm immersed in a fight for two or three days. So I just, I, it's, it's, a, it's a dream job for me. You know, I can immerse myself in it. I can be a proper MMA nerd and just kind of absorb all of the information. And then you know, now I'm coaching as well. Now I've opened the gym with uh, Jimmy Warled. It, it's, just, uh, it's just allowing me to kind of, kind of put that into a structure and pass it on to some young fighters. Would you say, Dan, that you kind of wish, obviously everyone would say yes, but had that sort of, not only just knowledge you have of the game now, maybe just the way you approach the game if you're still competing with watching tape watching that sort of stuff because i say me do that myself now where a lot of the time in in between my training camps i'll just sit on the and play world of warcraft you know in between my training sessions where if i did like studied more tape and you know if you know what i mean um do that i may have been a i don't know but much better fighter well how do you feel about that yeah i absolutely agree and, and i think it's just you know what it's like when when you're a fighter and you're in training camp. You're solely focused on yourself, and you just want to kind of select the things that you want to work on based on who you're fighting next. And you're only watching your favorite fighters because you don't want to be watching any nonsense. But I always used to think watching the undercard would make me worse. I know it's kind of silly now, but I always used to feel like I pick up bad habits by watching those guys. But what I've realized is because I watch everything, um, and I'm watching it very objectively because I'm never putting myself in the fight anymore. Um, I can watch both both fighters either side equally, and and I can appreciate and critique both of them equally. Uh, and we 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 look at some of your career as well because one of the things that really shot you into, uh, especially the mainstream for for UK MMA fans that maybe were on the fringe and and didn't know you on on the regional and the national European scene that sort of thing was the fight against GSP and the escape from that armbar. Now that is for me, I thought that was the the best escape from an armbar or the the most dexterity I've ever seen. Then one of your mates posted something today where you were doing the hitchhiker. Armbar escape, and uh, you go around about three or four times while this bloke's got your arm, and somehow you managed to escape. So I thought the GSP thing would have been a one-off for you, but who were you fighting in that? And what, what, what? Ex- just explain that escape because I'll show Brad this after. We'll put it up after the uh, after the podcast. But you must have gone around about four or five times on the floor to get out of that that armbar. Yeah, well, I, I mean, just, first of all, let me premise it by saying that that's partly to do with lack of technique and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> The best armbar defense is not to put your arm in, it, in an armbar in the first place. Um, that was Matt Thorpe. I was fighting him for the Cage Warriors World Weight title. And, and Matt Thorpe was, he was a great striker. He was six foot four. He was really dangerous, rangy fighter. But he, his thing was grappling. He was a submission artist. And I knew going into the fight that he would expect me to kickbox and stuff his takedowns. So they didn't work any defensive wrestling or any grappling, any stuff off his back. They all, they worked all offensive wrestling and kickboxing and I switched it up on them and decided I was going to take him down because I thought you know six foot four it's probably the smart thing to do and I, I ground and pounded him for like 25 minutes but there were a couple of times he, he threw up arm bars and caught me and I just I just have a habit of letting them extend the arm all the way out before I start trying to escape it um the, the hitchhiker uh, escape is exactly what exactly why it's called a hitchhiker because when you put in your thumb up you try to thumb a ride like you 
you're like summer riding and you roll out of it, but Matt being so good, every time I was rolling out of it was grabbing me and putting me back into it. So that was a, it was a bit more of a process. I think with GSP, I, I just saw him by surprise because I thought, I think he expected to catch me in the first round with a submission like most, most other people did. And I think with that little scramble, I, I don't think he was anticipating me moving quite as quickly. Well, you could see after the fight, because he went straight back to the locker room and he was with John Danaher trying to figure out how the hell you got out of there, wasn't it? Was <laughs> that was one of my favourite videos. But do you, you tell us what, what was what was the what was the favourite moment of your career? Uh, uh, and what, if you could step back in there, or if you ever do step back in there, what, what would be the uh, the fight or the uh, the terms you'd like to do that on? Um as far as highlights, I mean, it's difficult to, to pick because there have been so many so many good ones. I mean, you know, winning a fight in my hometown, Nottingham, was amazing. I never thought I'd get to fight in, in the UFC, and Brad was on that card with a fantastic performance as well. Um, and, yeah, it was just it was a, just a great night. Um, probably my knockout in Vegas against Ludwig, although that was bittersweet because, you know, I, I loved Wayne, and he was always a, a hero of mine growing up watching his fights. Um, but that, you know, that saved me. That saved my career, basically. That was a a four-fight losing streak that came to an end with a first-round knockout, which is, you know, you can't ask for better than that. You know, I, I could go on. There are so many. Um, as far as as far as far fighting again, the one thing I'd, well, I, I would love to fight in New York. I'd never fought in New York before. Madison Square Garden would be amazing. Yeah, wow. Um, my, my big second choice would be to to fight in the Saitama Super Arena in Japan. Um, I, I love Japan. I love Japanese MMA. I, you know, I was a big Pride fan as well. Um, and I always dreamed of fighting in Pride as well as the UFC, but obviously never got the opportunity. Um, so to you know to fight in, in the Saitama Super Arena would be very cool. And as far as opponent goes, that just you know someone tough and scrappy that's, that's going to come and come and bring it. Um, I, I don't know who, but a veteran, someone that's not involved in the rankings. I can't be dealing with the. <laughs> I can't be dealing with with having more conversations about fighting. <laughs> it's a fight. It's gonna be one more time. Uh, so where would you say uh, fighting on uh, Portsmouth Pier against Paul Jenkins <laughs> is in a uh, main event? Oh, on, oh yeah, main event on the pier. I got 150. For that. <laughs> I fought on that card. I fought on that same card. That was my first ever MMA fight, and I didn't get paid. I just got a free table to get to my friends and family. Oh my goodness! It was a yeah. smoke-filled room where you fought, we fought in a ring. And you know when you walk into you walk is where obviously you can smoke where, wherever you want then. Uh and it was just like the the ring, all you could see was smoke. No. You're like, and like yeah, it was oh, how pretty, horrible, pretty, mate. And yeah, and, and uh yeah, I remember I remember that was the first time I, I saw Dan Hardy and uh yeah, he fought Paul Jenkins and he, Paul Jenkins was one of those guys he was a veteran, early day veteran. He had, I mean, he had I think he's had over a hundred fights. He, he he fought wow. nearly every weekend. You know, he was a tough competitor. And uh, you won. I'm trying to remember how you won. Did you knock him out, or was it? No, I didn't. It was a split decision. Um, it was. I remember walking because that was my second pro fight. I'd lost. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the records now, and he was. Yeah. It was Dan Hardy's second pro fight, and at that time, Paul Jenkins, how many fights did you reckon he had, uh, Brian? Ten. Forty. He was 25, <laughs> 16, and 3. <laughs> so and, uh, 44 fight, 45 fights. Wow. 2004, and he's already had like that many fights. He was crazy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Wild West days, mate. The Wild West days. Uh, what other what moments do you look back on it in those early days when it, when it is sports all filled with people smoking cigarettes and you riding out there with 150 notes in your back pocket? What other, what other memories really stick out from, from those early days, the, the real Wild West mo- moments in the UK MMA? You know, the, the the traveling with traveling with Paul Daly to train was always an experience. I remember we spent a couple of well, we spent a month out at the American Top Team, um, <laughs> and we were we were sharing a, a one bedroom studio flat with one bed, and we we took it in turns. One one time we'd have the bed, and the next time we'd have the two armchairs pushed together, and we we alternated, and we had to catch two buses to get there. It took us nearly two hours to get to the gym. It was just yeah. I mean, th- those times it was just a grind. You know, everything yeah. was a grind. Yeah. Well, I, I was staying in, in Econo Lodge or Extended Stay America, living on apples and tins of tuna and peanut butter. It wasn't and, it wasn't like a legitimate career path, was it? It was just like, nah. you just did it because it's cool. It was like really, it's fun. <laughs> it was like something cool to tell your mates. What do you do? Ah, oh, fight. You know, it, it wasn't like, like a career path like it is now for a young athlete, you know, to go and do great things, you know. It was, yeah. it, it was just a bit of fun back in those days. It was. It was, but we were chasing it hard, Brad. And I yeah. know you were the same. You know, we, yeah. we 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 were riding it till the wheels fell off. And yeah, that's why we uh, went out to America because we all knew we needed to get our wrestling up. You know, being back in England, it, it was non-existent in those days. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you managed to do it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I gave up and thought, I'll just learn rubber guard instead. That'll work. <laughs> just get a bit bendy and that should deal with a lot, yeah. Um, but speaking of, you, you talking about Brad there, one of the um, uh, UFC Europe, they, they posted up the, and, and and obviously this, this was amazing to see, you, you put as the, Best moment in UK MMA, Brad's retirement in in front of his home fans, putting the hat down in the ring. That's that's a lot of credit to the man set up, is it me, isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely. I, he's one of the one of the pioneers of the sport for this country. I think he's inspired so many fighters over the years. You know, and the, the thing that always uh, and I know it's a bit uncomfortable, Brad. You sitting there listening to this? Yeah, it is. Sorry. You know, but what, one of the things that always stands out to Brad, and I can't say this about any other fighter, any other fighter, everyone loves Brad. Every single person. There's not. A, there's not a person. Even opponents. Opponents. Families. Everyone loves Brad. And and if you can be a cage fighter and be that popular with everybody, I mean, you're doing something right. Most of us are polarizing, or we don't say anything at all. But you've always been a real character, and you've just conducted yourself so well. You know, and you you know you you carry your heart on your sleeve, so you take everybody along with that emotional journey. You know, and it, it was a beautiful thing to watch and. I felt privileged to certainly be there when you, when you when you decided to you know to to hang the hat up as it were. Um, but you know, um, um, honestly, that means a lot to me, uh, Dan. I appreciate. It. I really do, you know. And uh, yeah, no, I'll give you that ten later, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, <laughs> 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 yeah, no, honestly, seriously, Dan, man, I'm I'm honoured to hear that from you because like I. I looked up to you as well, even in 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 the fight game, and also like say, past fighting, seeing what you're doing now is very inspiring to people who, who like. I mean, it's it's good to see people do something after like they're fighting. Uh, yeah, and yeah, make a path make, afterwards. Yeah, exactly, yeah make make yeah, make a, yeah. a space for themselves, and that's that's exactly what you've done. You've done. I mean, honestly, mate, just to watch you go from the and I, I, I loved watching you fight, Dan, and uh, uh, one of my favourite fighters of all time, and and the way you used to have the mohawk going, the smile while Bruce Buffer was he got, calling he got, your name. He got the game. Is oh, it? Like, he, he understood himself very well. You, I mean, that's why I say there's so many talented fighters out there, but you can't. You got to be a showman, and that's what Dan Hardy just didn't was involved in good fights. He brought the crowd with him. You yeah. know, like the crowd was wanting to watch him fight. You know, so yeah, you know. Bit of a trailblazer, mate. Thanks, man. Uh, when was the last time you sported a mohawk as well? Let's, let's, let's say that. Come on, <laughs> what? Come on, when... You know what? I grew it back a couple of years ago for uh, a UFC fight week, but it's just it's just so it's so much effort. To did you me. dye it as well though? Was it dyed red? I, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, okay. I, don't, I don't want to draw too much attention. <laughs> And let's talk about one last thing before we let you go. And thank you ever so much for the time, mate. Real, real pleasure talking to you. Uh, one of the things you're doing with BT Sport now, which I'm really enjoying, is this open mat series where straight after the event, and I can't imagine what the schedule's like for that, um, is you and uh, your co-host and your yeah, A-fighter come in and you break down uh, the fights, as you did from UFC London and, and a couple of the other cards as well. Uh, just tell people what that, that's about and when they can catch it. Yeah, so at the moment we're doing every uh, every big UFC card, uh, the European one. So we'll, we'll be doing one for the next uh, the next UFC uh, pay per view. Basically, we just we, we want it, we get on the mat as soon as the fights are done, and we start talking about the fights. I, I mean that's because the thing is, I stay up to watch the fights all night anyway. So I, I'm awake all the way through the fight card, and as soon as the as soon as the fights are done, I'm I'm online. I'm watching the press conference. I'm you know I'm buzzing. I'm excited. My adrenaline's still carrying me. And I, I'm, I've been bugging everybody for years. I'm like, we need to do something Sunday morning as soon as it's, you know, as soon as it's finished. And I'm like, just bring cameras to the open mat at the gym. <laughs> and that's literally where the name came from. I'm like, look, come to come to the gym. Open mat will just be finishing. We'll be talking about the fights. We'll watch them on the on the TV in the gym. And that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, the, the plan is to, you know, obviously, you know, BTR are going to be pushing out all the major events, but we want to be replicating it every every weekend and, and putting it out on our a full reptile radio YouTube, um, you know, because I think it needs to be a weekly show. Uh, you know, even when I'm on the road, uh, I, I think we need to get you guys up and we need to get Adam and Nick to come down, Adam Catchell, Nick Pete, and we need to get some fighters in there and just, you, you know what it's like, the, the couple of days after a, a fight card, as soon as you step in the gym, there's just so much excitement and buzz about it. Especially when something, when something like a new technique's come out, like a Showtime kick or something like that, you know, everyone's buzzing about it, you know. That's it. And, and, you know, we get on the mat on Sunday morning. We talk about the fights. We have a role. We move around. We try things out. And I kind of want to capture some of that. But at the same time, with us having such a, 
a fancy TV that, that BT Sport are bringing over to us. We, we can draw it out and animate it. And I, I, I love it. I think, it's a, I think it's a great concept. And I think that when, uh, you know, when we start r- rolling full-time, I think, I think it's going to really gather some momentum. Also, one other thing before you go. Obviously, like you say, you're doing all this, and, and now you're taking this into coaching. You and Jimmy Warhead are, I think, some fantastic guys, right? And a very good coach. Uh, so you're coaching now, Jim. You want to? Can you tell people where this gym is and where you're coaching? Yeah, we're just off uh, ju- just off Junction 22 of the M1, uh, Hardy Wallet MMA. We're above Premier Gym, um, and yeah, we, we've opened a few weeks ago now. Um, we're, we're rolling ro- rolling full time. Uh, all focused on Jimmy Waller this weekend, and we've got a, a Craig Turner on the card as well. We've always wanted a gym, you know. Roughhouse, Roughhouse was never a gym; it was always a team. Yeah. And we just travelled around and trained wherever we went, whatever gym we were at with Roughhouse. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Now, now we've now we've got a home gym. We've got a mat. We've got a cage. It's, it's perfect for us. We can, uh, you know, we, we can start building a team of monsters. Awesome, mate. Listen, thank you ever so much. Good luck with everything you're doing and and, uh, and we'll speak to you again soon, mate. All right? Appreciate it, Dan. Cheers, mate. Cheers. So that was Dan. What a legend, mate. What a legend. God's recognised God's, eh? Yes, exactly. exactly. Real recognises yeah. real. Recognize you love that, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. want it. I'm, we need to have, uh, like, um, I think every week we need to have Dan Hardy come on and we had to get Masvidal coming on. Uh, anyone else out there wants to say good things about him, let's bring them on. Okay, so just get rid of me, mate. Is that what you're saying? So basically, you're, you're, yeah. you're, each of these phone calls, you're just auditioning a new co host, yes, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, this, that hurts deep, mate. Next time I will leave you in Russia. <laughs> that is, that is oh, going to happen. There you go. So look, I'm going to have a, a quick look at uh, the card coming up this week. Weekend, UFC Fight Night 151 in Canada. I'm just going to talk about the main event. Ally Quinter taking on Cowboy Cerrone. Exciting fight, but we've, I feel like we've been robbed of that Conor McGregor fight. Cowboy and Conor, that's the fight with all the history between them. And no disrespect to Ally and Quinter. There's not much history between them. Oh, they're back and forth. They're all the press <laughs> conferences in the early days. Cowboy was chasing <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, for it to be in almost a respectful way, to like they sort of he, Conor McGregor sent uh, the message. He owes saying, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, but Ally Quinter is a tough test, a real tough test for Cowboy Cerrone, who is, is said he is on the charge for this 155 title now. Now he's back at lightweight. Um, great. He, 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 that's what I mean. When I first saw this fight announced, I was like, oh, is uh, Ally. Quinter going up or is uh, Cerrone going back down? Seeing Cerrone get back down, it'd be interesting to see because, like, once you look at someone like uh, Dustin Poirier, we spoke to him uh, last week, saying when he moved up the weight class, it took him a little bit to adjust. He's got a bit bigger, and he's putting on weight, and then there's also putting on good weight, putting on muscle. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see because that's a big jump, fifteen pounds. You know, it's, it's not like a a ten pound jump that like Dustin did from. Uh, 145 to 155. Sure. It's a 15 pound jump. Yeah. So it, it'll be, and I don't know how long ago he made 55 and he's been fine at 170. He's fought now. once at 55 since then. So this isn't his first fight back. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the, I mean, so like, it's just one of those ones, that, that adjustment to see. Just, yeah, for how your yeah, body, especially yeah. as you're getting older, going backwards and, is, is difficult. And for yeah. me, Alequin is, is a beast. He's a beast, mate, so well rounded. That Habib fight, yeah. on short notice, he gave Habib more trouble in some respects than. Question, well, well, I always like to say short notice, but wasn't he already on the card? Wasn't I he fighting someone else? That's me. That's why when people say Sean Lewis, he, I believe he was supposed to be fighting someone else, and they, ah, bump, they bumped the him case. up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. like but a three rounds night. compared to five rounds. You yes, still got to take that into account. Yeah. So look, that's that's coming up this weekend uh, on BT Sport. You can check that out. Saturday night from 11 p.m. BT Sport One live UFC Ottawa prelims, and then Saturday night 1 a.m. BT Sport One, uh, the main card including the main event versus Al Iaquinta versus Cowboy Cerrone. So let's have a little look at some of the questions. We'll blast a couple of these. Uh, uh, so one to do with Corey Sandhagen, how would he match against a, a Dominic Cruz or a Cody Garbrandt? And you got to say, with with all that he showed us in just one fight, for me, uh, I, well, think, I think he'll match up pretty well. Him versus well, you, this this is interesting because him versus uh, um, Dominic Cruz, that'd be interesting because they're both very similar styles. Him versus Cody, we've seen that fight. Cody wins, you know. Cody done really well against Dominic Cruz. Oh yeah, of yeah. Course. So like, yeah, we've seen that fight already play out. Uh, that would be an interesting one to maybe put on the books. Cody versus uh, uh, Sandhagen, yeah. Sandhagen, yeah. That that would be an interesting fight. So that is from Max Messenger on uh, on Twitter. Also, Sir 
Smoke a lot on Twitter. Who do you see the prospect fighting next? I know he wants to be part of this just announced uh, September 7th Abu Dhabi fight card UFC 242. For me, I really wanted to actually see him, uh, Vera versus uh, him versus Cheetah Vera or Sean O'Malley. But now those two are fighting each other. So now I'm not too sure who I, I think will be a good fight. You know, I don't know if he makes sense in. Um, in Dubai, I guess, but in the European sideways, you know, him and Bajons, they're both like highly ranked Europeans. That could be one. Peter Yan, maybe another European. Wow, uh, that would be a fight. But uh, yeah, well, not not too. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure now. But I really want. I really like to fight him versus Cheetah Vera and uh, O'Malley. But now they're fighting each other. So uh, that was from, like I said, to smoke a lot on Twitter. Rico Riley, hello, mate. He's supported us for, yes. for many years. Uh, Ledge. Shout out to Ledge. Uh, this is to you, mate. What do you think of the new um, Coca-Cola-based maximum drink uh, that is raspberry flavour? Can we have an expert review? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm, I'll be honest. I love Cherry Max. Cherry Peps Max is my thing. Uh, when they bought the ginger one out, that was... Are the, the Coca-Cola-based yeah. products yeah, are available? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 the ginger flavour they did was just, what are you thinking? But then I'm like, oh, you know, this raspberry one, this could be not bad. Didn't like it, man. No, I didn't it's go weird. for it. It's weird. No, it just didn't fit. So, Pepsi Max Show is still bad for me. Other brands are available. Are available. There you go. That's it. And this is from Grins Jumbo on Instagram. Hello, I am a one punch fan from wales my name is lyron bracy which is very similar to mine so <laughs> oh, we've got a snake we've got a snake here mate what's the question who is your best friend ah okay <coughs> uh, let me uh, <coughs> <coughs> uh ligra oh no i'm a owl or, or is it robert valeri is that right no uh, i'm gonna go with my son buddy yeah mate that's the best mate you could ever have um speaking of uh, of, of best mates uh, your pal robert whiteford got in touch ah, uh, and nice. he said uh, this is one i just want to see what happened last time i was jet lagged and you asked me to spar at american top team oh mate oh this is brilliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> He wasn't jet lagged. He'd been there for three weeks. So anyway, we, we me and him, we, we, we had a, a sparring session. I dragged him in. This one I was fighting Yuri Alcantara. Yep. So I needed a southpaw. So I dragged him in. He, he was like half asleep anyway, you know, because he was jet lagged. And we just died. And then I just threw like a bomb. And it clicked inside. I, it, I always hit when I hit me. He stood up really tall. <laughs> And then you shook it like he made like the most weirdest kind of face and noise. And I'm like, Are you all right, mate? And he's like, Yeah, one minute. You know, like he went on, he went on like, we say, like, what are your legs and stuff? It, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was, yeah. Listen, Whitefoot is, is an amazing guy. We've had so much fun. Listen, <laughs> Whitefoot, I'm going to be spending some time after Brad gets off a plane with him. So look, I'll get there a couple of days earlier. I'll ask him to spar. It's going to be the worst mistake I've ever yeah, made. Yeah, exactly. Life. It's like, <laughs> where's this going? <laughs> I was going to try and get revenge for our Scottish pal, but that's not going to happen, is it? Um, so, look, those are the questions. That's that's all done and dusted. That is the show for today, mate. And, look, we're going to leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger. So this is show eight of our pilot series of eight. And just to let you know, what we need you guys to do is to still keep getting involved in Last that. Chance Saloon. Last Chance Saloon, because we are... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Are we you are, enjoying it, Brian? We are, we are and, so, and so are BT, but we need to... Uh, they've got us iron out a couple of... Um, what would we call them? Contractual issues? Things yeah. like that? We'll just need... Your rider is ridiculous, so we're going to have to take uh, a helicopter and yeah. uh, and all those blue MMM 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 M&Ms. Yeah. Uh, other chocolates available. Uh, offer yours. Uh, I thought it was W's. I thought it was WW's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's just ruined it they're definitely going to cut it now oh, mate that's man. it so look we are um, fingers crossed going to be back next week uh, yes. we're going to keep you posted on social media and we will do that so you need to follow us and My please yet again like we, I know don't want to keep preaching but if you can share this put this out there the more yeah. viewers and the more listeners we get, the more hope we, we have. We have already got over 100 five-star reviews on iTunes, which is unreal. That is, we cannot Let's get more. No, 100, has... let's get 200. 200. We let's... have more. I know we have more than 200 <laughs> listeners out there. So the only ha for me, we have more than 200 listeners to only have 100 reviews. I'm disappointed. Oh, mate, don't do that. I... You're negative. You've got in the positive. <laughs> Listen, oh, this is all psychology. Oh, we yeah. had this talk it's, before the show. This is reverse psychology. Oh, reverse like, psychology. Yeah, 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 I yeah, like yeah. it. Well, look... So, Please, please, just 
get on there. Just give us a nice. Listen, we got. And, and he also get your grand. Get your, go and ask your, your grand, grand. Your next door yeah, neighbours. Yeah, put a review. Your bus driver. Well. Yeah, everybody. There yeah. we go. Uh, your so cat, your dog. Keep on chat with us at one underscore punch on Instagram and Twitter. Me is at Brian with a Y Lacey MMA uh, on Instagram and Twitter, and at BT Sport UFC as well. Uh, bug the hell out of them, and uh, and hopefully we will be back with you very shortly, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you so much for listening. Um, got any last words, mate? Not last words. No, that's yeah. Now let's not do that. See you next week, guys. I tell you what. What? I've sung most of the times. Why don't you give me a song? It's not. It's a two-way relationship. No, no, it listen, can't, can't just be no, one look, way. No, if look. We're, if we're talking right. about, if we're in this together, yeah, right. I want to feel it back. I want to feel the passion. Right. Back. Okay. Well, listen. You've got. There's no romance with you. That's the sad thing. This is why I need this sort of reassurance. Okay. What do you mean? Because if, let's face it. If, 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 you if we a were song. a couple, yeah. Say who? Who would you think more likely to be the more masculine one? Oh well, I don't know. Think I know that it would be me. Exactly. So you got to make an effort to woo me. All oh, right. No, this is, Listen, no, you, you, does your wife is, does your is, wife sing you songs? Write you poems. This is like this is nearly twenty twenty now. We're, we're, we're all equals here. It needs to be both ways. So shall we do the Elton John and Kiki D? Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> what, what do you have we got? Yeah, go on. Then. <laughs> don't be breaking my heart. <laughs> And that's all I right couldn't now. if I tried. Ah, you got a little bit of a tone to you. You're not my type. You're not, you're not, you just said I'm not your type. Uh, I, I, that, that's not. Is that, I've got the, got the words. Forget you, it. We've got, we got a record. We've got a record.